Welcome to Season 2 of Empowering Others Through God's Word Podcasts. I'm excited to present this series of six podcasts on emotional freedom. Most of us at some point in our lives either have suffered from emotional health, poor mental health, or know someone who does. So we want to offer you a great resource over the next few weeks. Dr. Grant Mullen is a mental health physician and author who lectures internationally on the keys to mental, spiritual, emotional health, and great relationships. Dr. Mullen teaches how medical treatment can be successfully combined with emotional and spiritual healing to break the chains of emotional bondage. What great information, either for ourselves or for someone we know. We want to offer this to you in this season. Now, Dr. Grant is going to be joined on some of these podcasts with his wife, Kathy. And the first session is going to be their perfectly dysfunctional marriage. And such honesty they share with us with some helpful tips to help all of us to have better marriage relationships. Dr. Grant will also go on to teach emotional freedom, moods, shame, and then Kathy will be sharing uh, on forgiveness and reconciliation. I recorded these sessions with Dr. Grant and, and Kathy a few years ago. However, this teaching is timeless, and I want to bring it to you again this year, 2022. I believe that it will be helpful, it will be encouraging, it will be hopeful as well. So now, let's tune in to today's podcast. Welcome to Words to Inspire, Dr. Grant. Well, it's nice to be back with you, Ruth. Well, we're having a a good journey on this emotional freedom uh, track, and I'm so glad that you're taking the time to continue this journey because you have such great information, such great insights. And uh, so today we have a brand new topic. But before we go there, just uh, alert our, our listeners to why you are doing what you are doing. Well, it's, it's because of the incredible number of people who are struggling, uh, Christians I'm talking about, who are struggling with their emotions and their feelings and their relationships and their thoughts. And so that's why Kathy and I teach seminars called How to Live a Transformed Life, and I've created all kinds of books and DVDs and resources to help Christians be able to walk out of their emotional bondages that they've lived with for so long. And most people think that, that there's, there's no hope, that, that, that this is how their life will always be. And we're trying to explain to people that they don't have to stay bound and that God wants us to be more than saved. He wants us to be saved and transformed. And we do that by the renewing of our mind. So that's what Kathy and I do, is how do we renew our mind? How do we come out from under all the chains we've accumulated over the years? And that's uh, wonderful. You have uh, started off on this series with uh, Words to Inspire, starting with your own personal journey with your wife, Kathy. And uh, our listeners can uh, go to the website, uh, www.wordstoinspire.ca, and link right up with that. And then, of course, Dr. Grant, you have a fabulous set of results on your website, and, and we'll just take that right now at the top of the show. We want to hear what your website is and how to get your resources. Well, my website is drgrantmullen.com, drgrantmullen.com, and on there I have a video library with hundreds of videos on how to live a transformed life. 
all my resources are available there. But the most interesting part of my website is that every Wednesday I do a five-minute video, uh, video blog on how to live a transformed life. And it's a free service to anyone who subscribes to my weekly email newsletter. And so they can uh, subscribe, stay in touch with me, and I'll send them a little tip on how to live a transformed life every Wednesday for free. I can uh, personally attest to the fact that your resources are great, and I just thought if there was somebody that was heading out and wasn't going to be able to listen to the entire show, that they would have your information so they can go and access that after our show today. Also, too, on the website, there's a self-assessment tool for people who wonder if they might need to see a doctor for depression, anxiety, or mood swings. They just have to click on the button, Am I Normal? Am I normal? Yes. And on earlier shows, we did a whole show on the moods, the physical uh, symptoms of some of these illnesses, mentally, mental illnesses. So your resources are great, Dr. Grant, and I'm, I'm really thankful that you're joining me again on Words to Inspire. We really do want to inspire our listeners that there is something that they can do about their past or about their thoughts. Today, our topic is shame, our hidden torment. Where does shame come from? Well, shame is a problem in our emotional baggage. And the emotional baggage that we carry shapes our personality. So, so much of what Kathy and I teach is how do we unload our baggage. And shame is one of many issues that uh, most of us carry in our emotional baggage. And our emotional baggage is shaped by the events of our past, like the painful things that have happened to us in our past, and more importantly, the conclusions that we drew, especially as children, about those events. And um, that the problem of shame is incredibly common, much more common than I ever thought possible. But the shame refers to the feeling of being defective, Mm. of, of just being not as good as everybody else. It's the feeling of, I have to hide, I'm inadequate, bad, stupid, I'm a loser, and so I have to hide myself so no one sees what I'm really like. And so it's, it's all part of low self-esteem, low self-image, poor self-esteem. But this problem actually comes, usually it starts in our families where we were raised. Wow. Because if we have parents who themselves struggled with shame and inadequacy and feeling stupid and like a loser, they will teach it to the next generation. And uh, I've, I've found, much uh, to my horror, is that we always pass our dysfunctions on to our kids. <laughs> so wow. If you had parents who struggle with shame, they would teach it to you in your family, and then it would just be normal in that kind of a dysfunctional home to be put down and no. to be made to feel like an idiot and that you'll never amount to anything and that you're a loser and, you'll, and that you're a... Uh, uh, or to be taught that you need to learn to hide your real self, and put on a false front. There are many families that spend a tremendous amount of time, effort, and money on create, create, crafting an image to hide who they really are or to keep the family secrets, which is even worse. So this is not a class where uh, the, the mother and father sit their kids down and say, now we're going to learn about shame. This is something that is just built into the way that they respond to certain situations and how they function in, in um, putting on a mask. Is that what you're Well, it could be just about? as simple as that whenever the child comes home with a report card, they just say, my, you really are stupid. Oh, you're okay. never going to amount to anything, and you're, you know, you just are terrible at sports, and you're a loser, and and that basically I have no expectations of you to ever succeed. Uh-huh. That now, can create a lot of shame, and the mask comes with when you see when the if you watch your parents 
who themselves feel totally inadequate and, or alcoholic or there's really a, a problem at home, and they, you watch your parents create a false image to portray to outsiders. Okay. Even be in the church, you know, you just sure. dress up, say all the right words, volunteer for all the right things, but at home, you know, it's just a disaster. Now, I, I remember very clearly at one point in my, in my life of being in a Christian circle and thinking, will they like me if they really knew me? Yes, that would be a symptom of shame. Yeah. It comes in all degrees of severity, but people who are, because th- what, what you're really thinking is, if they look behind my mask, will they like what they see? Sure. And of course, a person who's been really damaged by shame, they are certain that no one would like them if they really knew who they were. So they have to keep that well concealed because they just feel so inadequate and hopeless and defective. Now, when people feel like they don't belong, is that another part of this whole picture? Well, there and are many. Life? There are multiple causes of feeling like you don't belong, but shame is a huge one. So when, when you, you see people who are damaged by shame, they're always comparing themselves to other people in such a way as to make themselves feel bad. So they're always comparing themselves to someone who they think has an advantage over them financially, how they look, their dress, their car, and so that they are always comparing themselves to someone else, and it makes them feel that, oh, I can't measure up, I can't be like them. They would never want me in their social circle. Well, Dr. Grant, when you're saying comparing ourselves to someone else, that's a, a large number of us, I think. At some point, we're, aren't we always looking for that comparison? Isn't that part of how we function in, the, in our culture? Well, I told you this problem's <laughs> epidemic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's really much bigger when you start thinking, and, and uh, some of the questions that you have uh, put in your resources really have made me think personally about this whole picture. Well, so, these problems are so common, uh, but they come in all degrees of severity, so that you could have a mild problem of shame or a disabling problem of shame. But you're, you're right that we do tend to compare ourselves, but a person who's really shame-based, the comparison can be paralyzing. In other words, um, I can't apply for that job because I just don't, um, I'm just too stupid, or I can't uh, join that social circle or, or go out with those people or play golf with them because they're, they're gonna, I'm going to say the wrong thing and they're going to think I'm stupid. So, so it's all degrees of severity. But what's underneath it all is a sense of, effectiveness. Let me give you some examples of some common behaviors that are in fact are rooted in shame. Uh, people who, who struggle this way, they, like when they look in the mirror, they just see this hopeless, defective person and they, they, they're preoccupied with all their inadequacies or defects. Mm-hmm. You know, like they look at themselves in the mirror and they see all the things that are wrong. They, they don't notice the good things. Or if you're trying to give uh, someone a compliment who has a problem with shame, they don't absorb the compliment. All they say is, well, if you only knew, you know, how, what a oh. jerk I was and that my shoes don't match. And, yeah. you know, they, they're always finding fault with themselves. So always preoccupied well, with the flaws. I, I like that statement. I mean, it's not a good with statement. With their flaws. With their flaws, yeah. Instead of looking in the mirror and saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, oh shame-based <laughs> people never think that. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. If, when they hear that, they just deflect that away. All they hear in their mind because it's in their baggage, they hear this tape that's telling them, you're a loser, you're an idiot, no one would like you, look at all your defects. Mm-hmm. So how can we spot so, these masks that we wear to protect ourselves? And what was so, that again? How do, we, how do we spot the masks that people wear or that we are wearing ourselves? Yeah, it's the wearing yourselves. It's, it's 
not very easy to catch someone else's masks because if they've worn it for a very long time, they're extremely skilled. However, ah. for me, because I'm in, this, uh, I'm in this kind of world, the way I spot masks and the way I spot unresolved baggage is you look at how they behave when they're stressed. When a person is stressed, oh. they tend to come off and baggage tends to be exposed. So what you're spilled, filled with spills out when you're bumped. Yes. Uh-huh. So stress is the greatest way to tell if someone's struggling with masks or baggage. Is there hope? Oh, yes, absolutely. You see, uh, Jesus wants us to be saved and transformed. And he came to take away our sins and our baggage. And in our baggage are all these problems that we suffer with, and shame, of course, is one of them. And so he, Jesus came to take away our sin, our guilt, and our shame. Now, the issue is, though, how do you do it? Now, the key is to realize that, that when see, people with shame problems, when they look inside, Satan is always getting them to look inside and to be very self-focused and to see how inadequate they are when they look inside. So they, they look inside themselves and they say, what a loser. And what teaching Christians is to realize that when you look inside, you have every right to see the shining face of Jesus uh, shining out through your chest. Mm-hmm. as you've invited him in, and you're adequate because he's adequate. You're complete because he's complete, and you invited him in. So that when Satan says, oh, look inside and see how awful you are, then I'm teaching people, look inside and see Jesus, and he's making you amazing. Also, too, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 22, that is actually written for people who struggle with shame. And it's the verse that says, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Uh, parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. So the, and the verse continues that, that people who feel weak, in, in fact, are more honored in the body of Christ than the people who feel normal. Wow, so that's cause for great hope, and uh, having steps to follow are really or is really important for those out there listening and for each of us to know that there's hope and that our minds being transformed by the renewing of our minds through God's word and through truth, there is definitely a new path, a new whole wholeness for our lives. And I love the way you bring that in, Dr. Grant. There is a stumbling block. Okay, what's the stumbling block? That you see, I can say all those truths that I just told you to someone who's bound by shame, and they will just nod and say, yeah, I know that. And it makes no difference to them at all because it's strictly head knowledge. And okay. head knowledge doesn't transform anyone. Heart experience does. And so what to actually be free of shame, it involves healing of memories. Okay. This is what uh, Kathy and I do in our seminars, and I do in my daily coaching appointments. And certainly anyone who's listening can make an appointment with me, and I'll actually walk them through this by phone or Skype. But it's when God heals our memory, he heals the root cause of our shame. And until the root cause has been healed, then we can just nod and it'll just be head nod and say, yeah, I know that. But in the back of your mind, you'll say, but I'm still a loser. It's only when God heals our memories and heal and empties our baggage, that's when we walk to freedom. It would, does that incorporate uh, looking at our stories in light of, um, of God and, and His sovereignty? Is that part of this picture? Well, it can, if, because, because that process involves our memories of what happened to us in the past. Mm-hmm. What we actually do is we just invite the Holy Spirit to bring to mind one of the memories where we were shamed, 
and Satan convinced us to believe lies about ourselves. Sure. And then address that, and then move on to the next thing that the, uh, uh, the Lord would show us. So the healing of memories, because we all have painful memories where Satan convinced us to believe lies about ourselves, and as we move through the healing of memories and the extracting of these lies, God replaces it with truth, and we no longer have to live under that cloud of shame. Hmm. So it's an exchanging of those lies for the truth. Yes. And, uh, of course, Jesus is the truth. That's wonderful news. I want to go, before we leave this topic, I'd like to go just back to uh, prior to the the wholesome and the the hope. How do churches teach shame? Because you definitely have a, 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 some information on that, and I'm very interested in your, your thoughts on that. How does a church teach shame? Yeah, I actually have, that's in one of my DVDs. It's because churches inadvertently shame people by making them feel so defective. Or because they'll say, um, there's no way you can ever live up to this standard, you're a worm. In fact, there's a hymn. Um, at the cross. Uh-huh. And I remember singing it as a child. Uh-huh. And there's a verse that says, for such a worm as I. Uh-huh. And so that when churches beat people down because they say you're hopeless at meeting our standards, you will never meet God's standards, and it, basically you're a loser just struggling along to get to heaven, that shames people. Well, no, no church would ever say you're a loser, would they? they what they do, they don't say that, by, okay. uh, certainly don't use those words, but what they say is, this is, uh, this is how you should be living, and they, they put it in such a way that if you can't live up to our standard, you don't belong here. All right. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So the bar is set so high that anybody with flaws listening take this message away that they haven't measured up to our standards in this particular four walls. They feel condemned. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Church that, that is very condemning and very rigid shames people. Okay, so the legalism really puts people in that area of uh, feeling like they can't measure up, that they're never going to be good enough. Yes, and that God is just so unreachable, and you're just so insignificant. Wow. The more legalistic and rigid, the more uh, the danger is that they could be teaching shame. And just the opposite of the message that Jesus came to teach us, that we can be free indeed. Yes, he came to rescue us from our shame mm-hmm. and to, to realize who we really are in him. So th- because of him, we don't need masks. You don't want a mask to cover up the, the face of Jesus shining out through your chest. It's interesting in that verse that tells us we can, that Jesus came to have life abundantly, the verse just before it says that the, uh, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, you can surely see that picture in this area of shame, can't you? Oh, yes, because, see, what happens is when painful things happen to us in our past, in our memories, then uh, Satan comes and steals hope, steals self-esteem, steals self-acceptance, and fills us with his lies, or in other words, the conclusions that he wants us to to make about those events that will give us perpetual emotional pain and always make us feel like a loser. And so then the thief has done what he came to do. Absolutely. And yet Jesus says in that same passage that he has come to give us life and give it more abundantly. And I I love this whole concept that you have in your book as well, emotionally free, because we all have dysfunctions if we're willing to admit it. And Mm. it's a wonderful topic to, to explore together. Yeah, we all, we all have baggage that Jesus wants to set us free from. That's right. And what um, is there any help that you can give to 
individuals here on how the steps that we would take from this show today? Well, certainly they're welcome to contact me directly, and I'll walk them through healing of memories. Uh, and any Christian counselor also could help them if they're struggling with these matters of shame. But, of course, to realize that, that Jesus came to take it away, and Jesus is living inside them, and they no longer have to cover up Jesus' nature, who's living inside them. But most people who struggle with shame significantly need to actually meet with a counselor, because just because I said you shouldn't feel shame doesn't really change how they're thinking. So this getting it from the head to the heart is what you're talking about. Yes, otherwise they're just nodding to say, oh yeah, sure. you know, I understand that that's true, but it doesn't apply to me. Right, it's for everybody else. Right, and so that's why we need the Holy Spirit to come reveal the problem and actually speak to the person directly to undo these lies. And uh, we are also called to meditate on the truth, on the Word of God, and that's a, a really transformational uh, experience as well, part of getting it into the heart. Yes, and so uh, there's lots of people who know the truth, but it has never settled in their heart, and the reason for that is because of all the lies that are embedded in their personality, because of things that have happened to them in their past, and Satan keeps reminding them of all these lies, like, you're a loser, you'll never amount to anything, no one will ever like you, and that just keeps replaying in the back of your mind. That becomes your truth, even though some godly person says, no, Jesus, this is how Jesus feels about you, in the back of your mind to say, yeah, that's for everybody else, not me. Yeah, just comparing themselves to, to everybody else. So yes, I'm, I'm more defective than anyone else. Uh-huh. Some will say, yes, I'm going to heaven, but, uh, you know, I'm the lowest and the least, and uh, I'm a loser. Now, tell me, Dr. Grant, why do we not have to compete with others? Why don't we have to do that? Because Jesus has made each one of us unique, and he loves us just the way we are. And even the people who are weak, they get special honor in the kingdom. And competition is not for Christians. The kingdom of God is to be interdependent. We mm. all need each other. We each have different gifts and strengths that someone else needs. So I'm really good in some areas, but I need someone else's gifts to help me in areas where I'm weak. Really sounds like the body functioning to me. Exactly. <laughs> so every part is important. It's not an arm that's detached from the body that uh, is functional. It's one that's attached and working with the entire body. Yes, so you know, the, the arms don't compete with each other. No. They just say, you know, I'm on the left, you're on the right. So, so in the kingdom of God, we shouldn't be competing because we all have complementary gifts that God is using. And every single part is important, as you stated earlier from Corinthians. Great, uh, great insights and great truths. And I'm praying that our listeners are going to uh, really get this from their heads to their hearts. And Dr. Grant, I always appreciate uh, your insights into these emotional baggage uh, dysfunctions that all of us share. And uh, we really want, again, to hear your website. We'll go there again. Yes, that's drgrantmullen.com, drgrantmullen.com. And uh, next time, your wife, Kathy, will be back uh, to talk about forgiveness. And uh, so I really look forward to that. And I'd love to hear from you, my listeners. You can email me, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca, and visit my website, www.wordstoinspire.ca. You can access previous shows there and learn more about Words to Inspire. And I really would love to hear your comments, your thoughts, and even perhaps a suggestion 
question for a future show with Dr. Grant. His resources are very extensive, and we would love to cover topics that would be helpful to you and to the needs in your lives. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Grant. You have uh, really given us great insight into shame today, and uh, I'm going to uh, ask you to give one last comment to our listeners today. Yes, our message is don't stay stuck. God wants you to be totally set free, and that's why he came to earth. So don't just sit there and say, no, I'm hopeless. I can't do anything about it. Jesus is calling you to take action today. And so he has done what he has promised, he's provided, and now we have to take a step. Is that correct? Yeah, he's waiting for our response. In fact, God wants to pour his healing out upon us emotionally more than we even want to be healed ourselves. He's Uh waiting for our response. That's so neat. I, I often share when I share about my own personal depression, how when I prayed that if God would get me out of the depression, I'd do anything he wanted me to do. It was silence. There was no flashing lights. There was no thunder. There was nothing. And I didn't even feel any different. And I was quite let down. But I've come to understand that that silence was really that he had provided everything I needed. And now I was the one that needed to pick up what he had provided. And well, I, th- I want people to reach out and grab Jesus' hand so that he can walk us out of our prisons. That's, that's a journey well worth walking. I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast, and I'd love to hear from you. What did you learn? Or how did Dr. Grant and Kathy's teaching today impact your life? What have you learned? Email me, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca. I'd love to hear from you. Why not share with a friend? Go to my website, wordstoinspire.ca, and direct them to the podcast page. There, they can uh, subscribe to the podcast, Empowering Others Through God's Word, as we are in our second season, Empowering Others Through God's Word. And this series on emotional freedom is good for every one of us. So tune in again, be watching for the next podcast release. And until then, I'm Ruth Coghill with Empowering Others Through God's Word. Bye for now.